0: for being here. I'm I'm so glad that uh, Life and Guatemala brought us together and that we're actually sitting here right now. Thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you.
2: It's going to be interesting.
0: Yeah, yeah. I wanted to ask, like, uh, where are you from? I'm from Israel. Mm -hmm. And uh, what brings you here?
2: I had a rough time in Israel past almost three years i was just feeling bad and it kept getting worse and worse um externally my life was pretty beautiful i was living in a nice house surrounded by really nice people in a nice village with like surrounded by like minded people and going to parties and workshops and going to the nature and like mm-hmm. doing whatever i want even not working not having to worry about anything mm-hmm. but still my uh, well-being just kept getting worse and worse over the course of I think almost three years Mm. and it got so bad to the point I actually thought that I was going to die Mm. so it was like like a wake-up call like hey dude you might die you might not survive this Uh, Not in a suicidal way, but I was like afraid that my frequency will get so low, I will attract some kind of accident or illness or
1: Mm
2: -hmm. a tragedy. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, I might die. Let's get the fuck out of here. Let's Mm -hmm. just put myself somewhere else where I thought my needs could be better met. So, yeah, I had just an intuition about Central America and I wanted to be surrounded by people but by people who i find find interesting and i wanted to really feel like that opportunities to connect are easily accessible and available and abundant so yeah once i saw like apitlan on youtube i just felt this is the place and i just went for it it's pretty mm-hmm. scary mm-hmm. yeah that's but-
0: Okay, so I want to come back a little bit because I don't know you so well and I would like to know a bit more. So, what is it that you did in Israel? Like, what was your everyday life about? You said you weren't working
2: for periods. Mm -hmm. If you're asking, like, about profession or interest, yeah, okay, yeah. So, I have no profession,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. I can say that my essence is a healer, Mm -hmm. but like no career no profession like i never had my thing that i know this is what i'm doing Mm -hmm. like an artist or a musician or whatever uh i was just experimenting with stuff but mostly i I wasn't concerned with concerned with work or professional career i was just wanting to feel better Mm -hmm. somehow not always i can even say how but Somehow I was never lacking anything, even without working, Uh, so universe helps, Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, like my passion and my strength is to be able to feel into people and see into people and like Mm -hmm. coach or guide or help them emotionally and just give empathy. That's like,
1: Mm.
2: that's my profession but it's still not super actualized.
1: Mm-hmm. I still
2: feel I'm on my journey of self-healing, self-discovery, and I'm sure that once I'm in a more, I don't know, like in a better place, mm-hmm. uh, it will come naturally.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's super wise. Like, uh, even in coaching and in therapy or anything, in healer session, there's always the saying that we find ourselves first and then we can guide others, right? Mm-hmm. and your journey is definitely going to you know attract the people that you can help afterwards yeah but do you think that the slow points uh back home in israel were they connected somehow like what do you think it was connected to this slow three years actually
2: it's hard to say um you can look at it from different angles mm-hmm. you can say spiritual awakening, dark night of the soul, you can say childhood trauma, resurfacing. Um, But the way I, what I tell myself about it is that just, I have some needs that need to be met. And my environment back in Israel was not, was not meeting that need. Uh, Especially energetically, I just felt, like a flower inside ground with no minerals. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't be nourished in that atmosphere. Maybe because of the just frequency of Israel, the history of the place or the, or maybe it's because this is where I grew up and this is where I was like having hard times and traumas and like, you know, it's like a family. Sometimes you have to go out of your family. You, mm-hmm. you cannot heal everything with the family, because if you're triggered every day, you, you you just open the wound and there is no time for integration.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I guess like that, but with part of Israel, mm-hmm. that's just a story I have. I don't really know the reasons, but for sure it has a lot to do with my childhood situation.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But uh, how did... Uh no income that okay now i have to make a change like do you think there was something that really like was a breaking point for you you mentioned a little bit that you started having this death thoughts that you're gonna die was that something that made you like come here and book the ticket was that the change for you even
2: yeah definitely i was i was having a hard time and i suffered for a long time but I think that I had this uh, tendency to hold on to pain and to hold on to suffer Mm -hmm. because this is the way of my ego to feel like I have worth because, oh, I can endure so much suffering. Mm -hmm. Let's stay here. Let's prove to myself how strong I am. Mm -hmm. But then, like, it got so worse that I, I saw it. I saw that I might think i'm strong or i might be even strong but i'm human Mm -hmm. and if i'm not gonna make a change i'm probably gonna die Mm. and i don't wanna die Mm. so yeah it was like a wake-up call
0: Mm. so profound what you're saying right now i can so relate I'm so glad you brought it up because I think a lot of people have that, and I think it's so important message to get out there that sometimes we start having those ideas in our brains that we have to do something. Like it's it's it kind of becomes very rigid. Like like I have to endure this pain, and and then you think like yeah, that's why I'm strong. Like if I can take more, I'm gonna grow more. I'm gonna be even stronger. I can take even more pain, and then at some point you're like. What the fuck am I doing?
2: Yeah, yeah. It doesn't work. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's just an autopilot.
0: Yeah, I think it works to some extent because we do grow sometimes through like very hard situations. But if we like consciously put ourselves into this, like that's what I think. Like you said, it comes from mm-hmm. an ego place. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, definitely it was a blind spot. Mm. And once I saw it, I could be conscious and make a conscious choice. And since then, I'm just constantly and consciously trying to improve my situation Mm -hmm. and uh, put myself in a better position. Because it's like you get this feeling that, all right, I have nothing to lose. Clock is ticking. What do I do? Mm -hmm. What do I do? I know the suffering. I was like, and it's not that I was complacent Mm -hmm. and lazy or just not grounded. I was actively trying to get better. I tried many types of therapies Mm -hmm. and like just nothing worked. Mm. Nothing worked.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's interesting. So you you feel you didn't find like any help in in therapies. What were the therapies you tried?
2: Some are not so easy to, some are not like very uh, defined, Mm -hmm. like just some healers, Mm -hmm. body work, Mm -hmm. um, or how is it called? There is like a somatic therapy for trauma. Mm I don't remember the name. Also some like healers, mm, Mm -hmm. like really powerful witches Mm -hmm. that try to help me, Uh, trigger points, Mm -hmm. emotional work, uh like imagination stuff Mm -hmm. you know Um, many different things Mm -hmm. also coaching Mm -hmm. but i think that sometimes if you approach therapy if you if you recognize that like something is wrong or let's say something is not working because Mm -hmm. you're getting worse and you tell yourself okay let's go to therapy because i wanna heal Mm -hmm. if you start if you embark on this healing journey with the idea that I need to fix myself, it's not going to work. No matter what you do, Mm -hmm. you're just setting a trap for yourself. But also, and this I realized just recently when I started to study nonviolent communication, Mm -hmm. I really understood the power of empathy. Mm
1: -hmm. And many of
2: the healers and the therapists I saw, they could have amazing tools Lots of experience, psychic and supernatural abilities, Mm -hmm. and they could use it on me. Mm -hmm. But they didn't really give me the empathy I needed. Mm -hmm. They tried to fix me, and I'm trying to fix myself. Mm -hmm. And it just doesn't work. I just need someone to like listen to me and be Mm -hmm. present with my pain. Mm
1: -hmm. Like,
2: you know, I remember this very specific moment. Mm -hmm. I was going to this... Incredible witch. I don't have another word to describe describe her. She's a mystic and she's mm-hmm. a witch. Mm-hmm. And she presses your body and she she's connected to your body and she sees your like chakra and energy system and she's incredible. Mm-hmm. And there was one moment that like, she was able to get me into a space of peace where she wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. And then I just went back to my old habits and mm-hmm. it wasn't even in my control. It just happened,
1: mm-hmm. and
2: she saw like I'm coming back and going, getting out from that healing space, mm-hmm. and she was so pissed and disappointed, oh. disappointed,
0: mm-hmm. and she
2: like, yeah, she got mad at me.
0: Oh, that's bad. Yeah. That's bad. Yeah. Mm. How did you cope with that?
2: I didn't. I felt not safe with her. Mm-hmm. I felt like. I cannot make a mistake. Mm-hmm. I have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. I am not good enough.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, of course, I told her, like, sometime after, I told her, like,
3: mm-hmm.
2: that it wasn't... it didn't work for me, that mm-hmm. reaction. And it hurt my trust. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it can be... To summarize this whole thing, it can be very tricky. Mm-hmm. The way you come from and the way you approach your therapy and your healing. Because mm-hmm. if you try to fix yourself, You're just reinforcing the idea that you are not good. When Most of what you need, well sometimes we need also those practical tools, but I think the base is to to have that empathy and that presence. Mm -hmm. Just to give you space to feel safe and to feel not judged and for someone to get connected to your feelings and what's Mm -hmm. alive with you or to help you to connect to that yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a huge part and, and I think the base is for
0: healing yeah i totally agree it's very wise (laughs) because i am learning a lot you know i'm learning family therapy and coaching and meditation and all these different uh, certifications i'm doing but uh, like i still do connect with this idea that first and most important thing is actually like allowing and accepting the situation like for what it is yeah like really giving the space and being comfortable with with what's happening like what is the reality right now mm-hmm. and uh, what's interesting is because we're all humans right like you gave the example of the witch it's like our ego comes up we want to help yeah. it's like i want to help it's like my self-esteem is kind of like um, connected to how much i can help someone or like how can i fix them but like that shouldn't be that all. like that that is a trap
2: Yeah. yeah
0: But it's important to put the ego aside, I think, especially if we are like healers and and working with people, that I think it's so important that we're not fixated on the the end goal or like trying Mm -hmm. to fix someone. Mm -hmm. Clearly, the end goal is we want everybody to feel better. We want our patient to feel better. But like it shouldn't be like we have to tune in. To our clients
2: yeah the whole reason they're coming for us is to receive unconditional love mm-hmm. and if we are resisting any part of their progress mm-hmm. that same second it's no longer unconditional love and we're not able to fully
0: mm-hmm. help them mm-hmm. But you said something interesting that you're learning uh, nonviolent communication
2: mm-hmm. What yeah. is that Nonviolent communication is the most practical and simple. Uh, tool actually mm-hmm. that I encountered so far for healing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's used a lot to to like not negotiate, but help people when they fight or couples or
1: mm-hmm. groups
2: or just to to people. Um, yeah, it's it just gives you like the instructions of how how one can communicate in a way that will be authentic in a way that you are still connected to what's alive in you Mm -hmm. uh, to your feelings to your needs and how do you communicate that in a way that is way easier for people to see you and to want to help you Mm -hmm. and to not uh, be like defending or attacking or feeling blamed Mm -hmm. Um, yeah it's it's pretty amazing
0: what are like some of the tricks you could say? Like, what's the main like points there? Okay. Yeah.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. So I will give you two main points. Mm-hmm. One is for a situation where you have a charge and you have like an issue with someone. Mm-hmm. How do you communicate that?
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: the other, the other point is, what do you do when someone has charge towards you mm-hmm. and is like blaming you or judging you?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So whenever I feel a trigger or a not pleasant emotion towards someone and I want to tell it to them, Mm -hmm. I want to communicate. I don't want to just ignore it and then be like passive aggressive, you know, Mm -hmm. it's also violent. So I want to tell it to them. So first thing is to find out what exactly happened that stimulated my emotion Mm -hmm. and to say it very concretely and clearly without any judgment or story or diagnosis. For example,
1: mm-hmm.
2: let's say you, you were late. Let's say we mm-hmm. scheduled a meeting and you were late and for mm-hmm. some reason it messed with my whole day and I was really pissed. Mm-hmm. So I can come and tell you, you're not reliable. Mm-hmm. I can come and tell you, you're not trustworthy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: You're, no, You're a messy person. Mm-hmm. You always forget always
1: yeah
2: you always forget but so no i will not say diagnosis or any thoughts of you i will tell exactly what happened that like practically physically what was done that caused me to feel so i will mm-hmm. tell you lacy when you were 30 minutes when you came 30 minutes uh after the hour we meet
1: mm-hmm.
2: um i felt angry
1: mm-hmm.
2: so i i I put it on the action, not mm-hmm. on you as a person. Mm-hmm. Because you can't make me feel anything like mm-hmm. it's the way I think about it. So mm-hmm. I, I first make a clear observation, what happened to stimulate my feeling. Then I communicate how I feel.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'm connected to my feelings. I, I felt angry, I felt sad. Mm -hmm. And also, I like to incorporate this method with a a different world of self-development, which is called possibility management. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's it's something different. Mm -hmm. But in possibility management, they say and they teach you that there are only four basic feelings. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah, which is anger, sadness, fear and joy Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and all the rest like disappointment and despair and Confusion and whatever. It's just different combinations of and, four. And, Yeah, mm. and mixes of these four mm-hmm. So for me it makes me even more connected to my feelings when I only focus on these four
1: mm-hmm. oh,
2: Okay, I'm mm-hmm. sad. Oh, I'm angry. Oh, I'm, I feel fear mm-hmm. Fear I find is the one that is the hardest to recognize
0: mm. Probably depends on a person But yeah for you it's fear.
2: Yeah, mm. that's actually also another part of also non-violent communication and possibility management to not talk in general, to always talk about myself. Mm-hmm. So right now I didn't do it and you helped me to remember.
1: Mm. For
2: me, it's, it's hardest to recognize when I feel fear.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: only talk about me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Anyways, so I locate what happened,
1: mm-hmm.
2: how I feel, and then I communicate, and maybe it's the most important part, uh, what need of mine it didn't meet. So Lacey, when when you showed up to our meeting 30 minutes after the time I was anticipating, I felt very angry because my day was really full and I didn't have a lot of time to to waste that day. And I had a very important meeting after. And and it was very important for me to do with you what we wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And and I had a, I had a need to, to have enough time, I had a need to... Uh-huh. Mm, whatever need, the situation conflicted with you.
1: Uh-huh.
2: Or maybe I didn't feel seen, maybe I felt disrespected
1: uh-huh. and I have a
2: need to, to feel respected.
1: Uh-huh.
2: So when, I, when I'm connected to my needs um, and I communicate them in a non-violent way, it's much easier for the other person to be connected to me and to understand me and to not feel like I'm making wow, them wrong. Yeah, wrong. Yeah,
0: that's so big. Like when, when you were just talking to me, even though it's an example that like, you know, it's a fictional example, I felt like opening.
2: Mm. It's
0: like you're kinda, you kind of, you want to be there for a person if he's so vulnerable and he's telling you such a, you know, in a nice yeah. way. He's what,
2: revealing himself.
0: Yeah. 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 It's very intimate.
2: Yeah. It's it's intimacy. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, super nice, well. For our uh, listeners, I think it's super important because I feel there's so much value here. I just want to say, like, uh, uh, take a pause for a second and write down the the things if you want to get something very useful from this. Um.
2: Yeah, I would definitely stop and write it down.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I so feel like I want to write well. it down myself, but I, I have time with you after our podcast. But, so. yeah. <laughs> but uh, just for a reminder, so first thing is to uh, have... State what happened, the situation, action, like you were late, and that made me yeah. feel angry.
2: Say exactly what stimulated my feeling, mm-hmm. but in a practical way, what happened. Don't tell judgments, stories, diagnosis, like you were to something. No, mm-hmm. I'm not diagnosing your psychology now, mm-hmm. you're not to anything. This happened, and so I felt angry.
1: Mm-hmm. How For I sure. feel,
2: and what need of mine, what, what do I need?
1: What mm-hmm.
2: need of mine wasn't met in that situation. I had mm-hmm. a, a need for safety. I needed to know that I'm gonna make it to my second appointment on time. So mm-hmm. I got very scared. So I was angry and scared and I had the need for, yeah, certainty.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's two points, very important ones, like to state action, the feeling and what uh, need was not met. Yeah. Okay. And also i think just for the clarity it's uh, important i think it's, it makes it so much easier if you think about those four emotions anger sadness fear and joy
2: yes but i think it's also uh, very valuable to have a big vocabulary mm-hmm. of emotions because maybe for me it will be clear to just say oh i'm either sad or angry or afraid mm-hmm. but Sometimes it depends who I'm talking with. For other people, it would be easier to understand. I felt disappointed.
0: Yeah, probably depends on a person. I just wanna, like, you know, talk to a lot of our listeners. So it, it probably depends how connected you are to your emotions. Maybe like if you're just starting out, it's easier to know that those four are like the main ones. Mm-hmm. And if you're like more connected and can make like some differences, then uh, you can use whatever is true for you.
2: in this moment yeah as long as you get the message clear
0: yeah yeah okay thank you for sharing that
2: yeah thanks for (laughs) being curious about
0: it and uh, you said you're gonna talk about the second uh, situation when someone is like uh, attacking us or being
2: yeah Mm -hmm. so this is also I found very empowering because Mm -hmm. before when usually when someone was like blaming me or making me wrong for anything i immediately i judged oh this person is not talking with me now in a non-violent way this person is being aggressive this person is attacking mm-hmm. like he is wrong i also start to judge him mm-hmm. he is wrong for doing that but how do i deal with it actually if i want to have a sense of like what can i do if i want to send if i want to have a sense of Control and safety. I cannot control what other people do, but I can only control how I react. So this is my power So how do I want to react when someone is judging me? Um, So I will always remember that whenever someone is blaming or judging me They are just expressing a need of theirs that is not being met It's a very poor expression Mm -hmm. like I don't know, let's say just an extreme example. Maybe a child screams at his mother when she doesn't want to give him the chocolate. He screams, Mm -hmm. I hate you, mom. Mm -hmm. But he has a need. He's saying like, I want to feel loved. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Or any need Mm -hmm. that he has. Mm -hmm. So when someone is judging or blaming, they, they have a need that is not being met and they have a feeling now. They either feel sad or angry mm-hmm. and in that moment they are not connected to what's alive in them. They're not connected to their feelings and they're not connected to their needs. So as what can I do? I will give them empathy and by that I mean I will help them to reconnect with themselves. So do you want to give an example of a judgment for me?
0: Well. Let's say you're told that you're going to take me out for dinner mm-hmm. during the weekend and you didn't. So I'm like, I'm telling you never keep your promise. Okay. I'm just so mad and pissed You just never do anything you say you do.
2: Mm-hmm. So you blame me for never doing the things I say I do. Mm-hmm. So if I want to give empathy to you, I will ask you, I will... I will shift my focus from defending myself, I will shift my focus to you. And I will start thinking, how how is she feeling? What, what's alive in her right now? I will focus on two things. What is she feeling? And what is she needing?
1: Mm-hmm. And I
2: don't have to really guess it right. Mm-hmm. I can also just ask. But I shift your attention to yourself, to what you feel and what you need. So let's say you come and you scream at me. Mm-hmm. You never do what you say you do. I hate you.
1: <laughs> you're the <laughs> I worst can never boyfriend ever. On you. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so I will tell you. Um, I will say. So you're angry. Are you angry because? And then I will guess the need. Are you angry because you have a need to to rely? on me, on your partner, and to be able to trust and and to know that once something is promised, it is probably going to be uh, done mm-hmm. because you have a need for for trusting people.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Because otherwise, maybe you feel like you have no control or mm-hmm. maybe not even that. But like, mm-hmm. just yeah, focus, I will say that. Mm-hmm. And I shift your attention to your feel and need. And you would say probably something like,
1: yeah.
2: oh yeah, of yeah. course I'm mad, I'm super angry with you, and yeah, I, I want to be able to trust you, mm-hmm. I need to be able to trust you. And then it's like it brings a little air. I just give yeah. you this example and I can breathe.
1: Yeah,
2: you're a little more connected to your emotions, and then I can give you more empathy. I can I can even just repeat what you say. Like, or even without words, just just presence, mm-hmm. non-resistant presence with your feelings and with your needs Mm
1: -hmm. like
2: now i see your needs so i would just be there and i might say something like okay i see that you're very angry when when you need for uh trust and certainty Mm
1: -hmm. is
2: not being met this can go on yeah yeah was this a clear enough example Yeah,
0: yeah yeah I think it was, I got it, so I think, yeah, for, for clarity, we can just walk through the steps again that if someone comes and if, like, for example, I think this example is good, like if you would be uh, in a relationship and I would be like, I'm, you're so, I can never rely on you, never do what you say, and then from your point, you're, you're being present and you're like connecting to, you're reflecting back what I'm feeling yeah and stating also the need yeah behind it like i feel that you're angry because for you trusting and being able to rely on me is very important yeah Yeah. and from
2: this point we can just have a conversation and come to an agreement
0: Mm
1: -hmm.
2: what you need what do i need how can it work but we approach and i think most cases we will find something that can work for both of us if we genuinely want to stay connected
0: yeah
2: um yeah
0: no definitely but i think it's so nice if people could do that i think we would have like so much nicer relationships right mm-hmm. but like the question is how to do it because if someone comes to you if I would come to you and say like listen you never keep your word you're you're I don't know you're an asshole you're the worst boyfriend ever I can never ever rely on you like how do you find the strength to like what would you say how can you apply this knowledge that you have in this heated moment
2: yeah so it's a practice Mm
0: -hmm.
2: if you just understand it now like logically Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and in an hour you have a very charged like argument with someone who's really close to you
1: Mm -hmm.
2: you might be too emotional to do it Mm -hmm. so you practice you practice it with the cab driver and your neighbor and everybody just start to Mm -hmm. practice whenever someone whenever you see someone making a judgment you Mm -hmm. practice asking yourself how, how are they feeling? What are they feeling? And what do they need right now?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, yeah, it becomes like a game. Mm-hmm. And the more you, you do it, the, be- the better, the better, the easier it gets to not mm-hmm. take things so personally. Yeah. However, sometimes you are also human and mm-hmm. you can be too emotional. Mm-hmm. And that's, there's a time that, let's say, a couple or two people, for example, a couple, they have a huge fight and they're being too emotional Mm -hmm. because one triggers the other Mm. and it's just like a downward spiral. You need a third person to give empathy for both of them. Mm. A third person to be like, oh, so you're feeling very mad and because you have a need for this and that. And he's Mm. like, yeah. And then he comes down Mm. because his partner cannot give him this empathy. Mm. And then he comes down, he can better communicate his need. Mm Sometimes it's needed a third person mm-hmm. and also I forgot in the third in the first point mm-hmm. when you want to communicate Something mm-hmm. in a nonviolent way in Hebrew. We don't say nonviolent way. We say like there's no word in English, but mm-hmm. it's like Communication to get people closer
0: mm. Oh, that's even sweeter. Yeah, that's so sweet. I think we should change it. It's a term like nonviolent in English, right? Yeah Oh, But it's so much nicer to have it like like, I don't know, intimacy conversation or <laughs> getting closer yeah. conversations. Mm. Yeah,
2: we have a nice word for that.
0: Yeah.
2: But, anyways, so when you want to, to communicate your charge, mm-hmm. so we say, I, I state what stimulated my feeling in mm-hmm. a very concrete, non judgmental way, mm-hmm. like a very practical way, what happened, how it made me feel, and what, what are my needs in that situation, mm-hmm. and I don't just finish with this, mm-hmm. then I make a request. Mm-hmm. Because it has to be practical, otherwise the person has nothing to do. So you just make a request. So I would say, in our example, when this happened, I felt angry, you didn't come, uh, you came mm-hmm. 30 minutes late, I felt angry, I had the need for safety and for my day to, to be on time. And now I make a request. Would you be willing to to let me know next time uh, that you are going to be late,
0: mm-hmm.
2: if it's possible?
0: Mm-hmm. It will
2: help me have the certainty I need.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's important. Yeah. So everybody is listening that there's a third or four step to make yeah. a request. Four step. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. But you have to make sure that you make a request and not a demand. Uh-huh. Because if I tell you, if I'm asking you something, it's your right to say no.
1: Yeah.
2: If you say, if you say yes out of fear, like it's not, I, I want you yeah. to do stuff only because you feel happy yeah. to do it. Yeah. Because you want the better for me and for you. Yeah. And if you, let's say I ask you that, I made a request, and next time you still didn't do it, and I give you like a face, like, hey, you promised, uh-huh. you will tell me, like, then it means I didn't make a request, because I don't respect your right to not do it. I made uh-huh. a demand. So that makes me uh, not safe emotionally
0: for you. Uh-huh how do you make the difference because maybe I say yes out of the fear but do you think it's genuine you think it's it's a it's a you know it's a nice uh, like yeah agreement we made
2: if I suspect if I'm connected enough to you and to myself and I suspect that you just say it to please me
1: mm-hmm.
2: I I can reassure you and tell you hey I only want you to do it if it really feels good for you to do it mm-hmm. if you do it to out of fear, or because you don't want to disappoint me, then it doesn't help me.
0: Mm-hmm. Well it doesn't help the relationship in yeah. a big picture because the next time is going to come. Probably, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: So that's the fourth, uh, fourth step.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but coming back now also like uh, how to apply it. I think it's so important to practice, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's so great point that you brought out that you can we can practice in everyday life with everybody. Yeah,
2: just listening to people. Yeah. Watching even TV's, movies, like. Mm-hmm.
0: It, or like you said, driving, uh, driving a cab, like I know there's so many like taxi drives, you get pissed or being in the traffic or even like going shopping, you know, there's like so many situations that trigger us and then you can really like practice
2: it. Yeah, you just get curious, oh, what are they feeling, what are they needing, mm-hmm. and it starts to be fun because you start to be less afraid because you know that whatever charge someone has, if you give them empathy and you know how to do it and you don't take it personally, you will create a lot of closeness
1: Mm. and
2: sometimes it takes a few times sometimes you give empathy and the person is still attacking you yeah so you give more empathy
0: but is there ever a point where you should stop like if 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 i'm the one who's being attacked and like the other person just uh, is so overwhelmed with emotions that it's not landing like my empathy is not really like landing there's like Attacks coming in is there a point where I should be like, okay, like that's not okay. I'm gonna walk out now
2: Genius question. I think it depends on how you feel If you are not being hurt by that attack and if you are fine and happy to still give this person empathy So there is no limit. You just mm-hmm. stay present with them. You might even give give your empathy. Just do a look and presence and really listen to them yeah. and just internally be connected to what's alive with them mm. because it's energy dynamic
1: mm-hmm. they
2: are disconnected from themselves and they're super emotional but you can stay connected to them even in silence you think how is he how is he feeling mm-hmm. what is he needing you stay connected with them and present with them mm-hmm. And you can also verbalize it and help them get connected.
0: Yeah, well, I think it's so important what you just brought out. Like I couldn't have answered it better. That uh, it's so important to stay true to yourself. Yeah. Because if if I understand that now I'm like getting hurt, I can't handle it. You can like I have to, like I have to be true to myself. Yeah. I have to get out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
2: this exact situation happened to me two nights ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I had an argument, not an argument, but yeah, a charge
1: mm-hmm. with
2: a very close individual to me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And that individual was too emotional, mm-hmm. like very emotional and very triggered. And I tried to give empathy,
1: mm-hmm.
2: but the the judgments that were made... Upon me,
1: mm-hmm.
2: hurt me too much, mm-hmm. so I had to stop.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I had to stop and wait for a day or two mm-hmm. before we talk again.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah, so important, yeah, to always tune into yourself and like stay true to your own boundaries first,
2: yeah, because mm. if you are hurt then, yeah, then you lose your energy and you cannot. Do what you want to do, you cannot give what you want to give. It's like yeah. in the airplane, like first put the oxygen for yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But what happens if I'm hurt and I still lay there? Like, is there like a way that we change roles? Like, for example, if I hold the space for you, that you hold the space for me after? But I can Like, express, you know what, like, I actually got hurt by what you said. And I know I, I held the space for you, but it actually hurt me too.
2: It depends, it depends, not always you can do that, Uh because when someone is, they need to be ready to receive uh, how the situation impacted you. There is also another world of communication that is called authentic relating,
1: Uh
2: in authentic relating it's called shared impact, like I can listen to you, I can give you empathy, I can reflect back to you, Uh oh, so you're feeling angry, so you need this. and. Only when the person is ready, Mm -hmm. when he's done talking, and only if I ask them, I will tell them, I will ask them, so can I share how the interaction or how what you told me impacted me? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And then I can share it. But mostly if if they're still having a need for some empathy and to be seen more and they're not fully like, okay, uh, it might not work
0: yeah yeah so true
2: we're all humans
0: <laughs> yeah that's super important I think yeah because I always thought that it has to go for a very long time I had this thing like I don't know like 50 or equality thing mm. it's like I'm here for you I listen for you but now I would like for you to be present for me too you know mm. but it's, it is tricky
2: it's, it's tricky Yeah, it's tricky because if you're listening and in the back of your mind, you're having the expectations that if I'm listening, you have to listen to me. Mm-hmm. So the listening, there is not 100% presence. Mm-hmm. It's like a, a conditional thing.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not good. But, but I think it, to some extent, I think you can even be present. I feel that I had in my past relationships that I was very present. Like I have the feedback that my partners were feeling safe and heard, but like I still had this expectation that they would hold the space for me too, you know? But I think you have to give time. Like I think what you said is so wise that like in this moment probably need a bit more space. Like even if you have talked it out, like you have to give it space before you the other person does the sharing. Like it doesn't have to be always like that. Maybe maybe the person like gets out of it very fast and can hold the space for you too. But I think very often it happens that it's better to give some time and do the sharing a bit later.
2: Probably. However, this is where nonviolent communication comes into play because I think a lot of it has to do with the way you share how you feel and you ask for what you need. Mm -hmm. If you listen to someone and now they're good and you still have a need to be heard yourself, and you communicate it in a way, like
0: mm-hmm.
2: like they have to do it or like...
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely give the, I think I've done a lot of that. Like not knowing how to communicate in a nice way.
2: Yeah, so if you like share it in, in a connected, authentic way, like... Mm-hmm. Hey, uh, I know we've talked now for two hours and I was happy to to hear you out. And now i feel i understand better what you've uh, been through with me um and it seems like you feel more calm and i'm happy to see that i i also have a need to to feel hurt i i also i still have some sadness in me or Mm -hmm. some i don't know fear that i would love to share and be heard would would you be be willing to Mm-hmm. to listen to that now, and you, and you, you make a re- request. Mm-hmm. And then the other person, let's say he's not available now. Let's say he's exhausted,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and maybe he's in a rush to see his friends, or he just cannot do it right now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So if you also know how to communicate in a non-violent way, he will tell you that I would love to hear you, but right now, um, I need to, to be somewhere else, or right now, I'm too, I have a, I'm too tired and I really need to rest. And then it doesn't, doesn't just share, he makes also a request. Are you okay with doing that in two hours?
0: Mm. I think it's super important. Especially in the request at the end. Yeah. Because otherwise, (laughs) you can still feel triggered. You're like, oh my God, I I needed him to be here. And he's like, he's not here for me. And then, you know, I have to... There's this sharing again. But if someone tells you, like, listen, I want to hear you. I'm available in two hours or tomorrow. It instantly calms you down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: You feel hurt. You know that he knows what you need. Mm -hmm. And if he cares about you... Genuinely, you will feel that he cares about you and you will understand that he also has a different need right now, but mm-hmm. he still cares about me and he still wants to help me. And if he cannot do something, he, he can tell you, maybe it's a person that is super afraid of intimacy and not emotionally available and he will tell you, I see that you you need to, to share something and to have uh, someone hold your space or me holding your space. Um, I feel like, my need for freedom or for autonomy or mm-hmm. each person with, with their own vocabulary or mm-hmm. I, I don't feel like I'm ready to do it, would you, would you be able to find someone else to, to share with and hold a space for you? Mm-hmm. And let's say you, need, you needed to be with him
1: mm-hmm. because
2: you're relating with him mm-hmm. and you need him specifically to hear you. Because mm-hmm. this is how you want to feel in a relationship, so you can understand. Okay, we don't have to get in a huge fight, but now I know this person's needs are not compatible with mine. Mm. So it's an abundant world. I will find someone else.
0: Mm. Wow, yeah, that's a good point too. That it's it's a quick way to find out if you like what are the needs, expectations, if they're similar, if you can make it work. But it takes a lot of courage, I think people to communicate from that place and a lot of like self-knowing yeah like I have to be super aware of myself to be able to communicate this way
2: yeah and yeah when you just start to learn it and I'm still no expert I'm still like in the course and Mm -hmm. just starting to practice it but it it takes time to rewire your brain to think like that Mm -hmm. and and uh, and act like that mm-hmm. in the beginning you might have to pause and think because you speak
1: yeah
2: yeah mm-hmm. and it can seem not natural but it doesn't matter yeah because it works
0: yeah I, I, I truly believe in that like I think there's like some of the examples and relationships where this type of communication has happened and if you get the feeling that it works like you just want to do it again <clears throat> because you see it works, you can get so much more intimate, you can get so much more closer there's this understanding you know but there's also a lot of hurt you can like I mean if the other person is not there, he's not willing to meet you or she and then like you know but
2: it might hurt to find out that someone is not truly really compatible with me mm-hmm. or hear from me Mm-hmm. Or just, yeah, just compatible. What I need is not what they need. Yeah. I, this is reality.
1: Yeah.
2: It's reality. You want to know it now
1: mm-hmm. and understand it. And,
2: and not just have an expectation or having him promise you stuff and then just continuously be disappointed. Yeah. And starving because you have a need that is not being met.
0: But what's your point of view? Like, I change my needs, for example? <laughs> Like, let's say it's this thing like being late. I will tell you, Yeah.
2: needs, needs change, but from, from what I learned and seen and believe right now, they are changed naturally only after, after they are being met. So if you have a need, wait,
0: wait, wait. let's say it again, it's very important.
2: Needs yeah. have to be met. Mm -hmm. in order to change
0: Mm. wow that's deep
2: there is no guarantee that you meet this need once and it will change maybe this person needs a lot of reassurance and he needs three years of Mm. the same experience Mm -hmm. until he's ready to to give rise to a new need or a new desire Mm
1: -hmm.
2: especially with humans they i believe that this is the area when we grow the most spiritually,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and when we feel the most satisfaction and relation is everything, with mm-hmm. yourself, with your things, mm-hmm. with your food, uh, and with other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I think it's the biggest uh, part of the human experience because it's such such a, a fundamental need. I actually believe that a need for connection mm-hmm. Is the most basic and the biggest need
1: mm.
2: more than food more than water mm. because as a baby if someone is not connected to you and not loving you and not caring about you you will not get food you will not get water mm. you will die mm-hmm. so you're really dependent on connection mm-hmm. uh, but yeah when you grow up like we need to to develop this connection with ourselves mm-hmm. to to feel stable, to feel abundant, um, and not be dependent in a in a not balanced way mm-hmm. on others, mm-hmm. as to be clingy and yeah. like
0: you know, unhealthy way. But but I think yeah, like unhealthy also. It's like if I am aware of my abandonment wound, you know, it's like in a way I have to accept that.
2: Yeah. You know there yeah. is some
0: dependence on so, on this.
2: Yeah, so the main thing here is to understand your needs and to not judge them. Uh Like there is no point, now it's balanced and now it's unhealthy. Uh Now you cling too much, you shouldn't be that clingy. Uh No, if you have a need for someone to be with you, this is the need you have. Uh And it's better to be aware of it and go get it directly Uh than to try to to balance yourself out. But this is the need you have, this is the reality you got to you got to accept it and sometimes it's scary because it's very committing oh now i know what i need okay. now i need to do something about it mm-hmm. maybe it's scary
1: yeah. i'm
2: afraid to be abandoned uh, abandoned again
1: mm-hmm. i'm
2: afraid that people will judge me think i i am too sensitive or too clingy mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. but yeah i have to accept our Humanity,
0: mm-hmm. But I think it can be super nice to like, I'm so happy this uh, topic came mm-hmm. up right now because I believe that it really is an issue in our world that like so many people are more like trying to be very individualistic and independent that it is kind of, you know, like we're ashamed to say like, yeah, like I need you, I want your closeness, it's really important to me. I'm happy that here in San Marcos, there's a lot of people that prove the opposite. <laughs> and here there's like uh, people that really are saying it out loud like yeah i love connection i want to be connected i want to be close to you like you know and it feels nice it feels nice it feels nice to to be so honest about it that you don't have to you know if this is your truth and like other points like clearly you can communicate if you need space too but i think nowadays we struggle so much more with like wanting to closeness or being open and vulnerable about
2: needing the other person. Yeah. I think society set us up um, in different ways. Society also judges our needs. Mm -hmm. Like, if you want closeness, society will tell you, you're too weak. Mm -hmm. You're too emotional. Mm -hmm. You are not healed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, so society is like putting pressure on people to not to, to be disconnected from their mm-hmm. needs. Mm-hmm. And also, I think the structure, like the actual structure of how we live, mainly in cities, it's like very... that's the main reason I came here, mm-hmm. to like a small village when I can see the same people every day when mm-hmm. I go out my door. Mm-hmm. Because in a city, I, I am secluded I'm on my own box.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: and it felt very not natural for me because we're tribal,
1: mm-hmm. we're
2: tribal and of course like it's modern times and I don't want to see the same 50 people every day and that's why entire world are mm-hmm. abundant tons of people and you can go here and there but still when we are, when I was in my box
1: mm-hmm.
2: I felt so alone, I felt it so hard to meet people. Mm -hmm. I have to put so much energy in finding an event that has the people that I'm interested in, Mm -hmm. in driving 30 minutes. And when I go back home, I'm like, hey, I'm still alone. Mm
1: -hmm. And when
2: everybody's used to be alone and it's not natural to see the same faces, you walk down the street of a very populated city. I remember Tel Aviv. I just walked the, the main street in Tel Aviv. And you see tons of people,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and no one is connected. Mm-hmm. We're used to be on our own. So when we are connected, when we're connected only in school or in some kind of structure, when when we ha- well, where we are a part of a group,
1: mm-hmm. so we
2: see the same people daily. Mm-hmm. We feel this tribe. We mm-hmm. feel this connection. But then we go in the city. We go on the streets. We see so much more people, but everybody's used to be on their own, mm-hmm. and you can feel so lonely when you're so not alone. Yeah. And I think society sets us up for this.
0: Mm-hmm. But do you think it's possible to change it in a big cities? Or it's only possible in these little towns like San Marcos, for example, where you see the same people? Like, Do you think there's a cure for it, for big cities?
2: I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. That's a really good question. What I do know is that there is a need, and there will be, much more communities and i believe that Mm. the structure of society will tend to be more communal i'm sure that if people will think creatively and really uh, put their attention on it we could find some more balance between city life and more communal life
1: Mm.
2: i'm sure there are options i didn't really think about it that Mm -hmm. deeply but for sure i think the first steps is that more people starting to live in more communities
0: but how are you finding it here now? Because like you told me that it's like first time abroad for you, was it? Uh,
2: kind of. Yeah.
0: Or first like time the...
2: traveling. Oh. I was abroad but I was working or I was very young. Now mm-hmm. it's the first time I go out. Mm-hmm. I'm in the world.
0: Yeah. What's up? <laughs> and how is it? How long have you been here? Three months. Three months. Yeah. Did you plan to come for so long? Oh
2: yeah. I oh, don't yeah? wanna go back to my country at least in two or three years.
0: Oh okay. How long have you been away? Was this your first step?
2: That's my first step. I came straight here.
0: Oh, so it's just the beginning.
2: Yeah, and tomorrow I fly to Mexico.
0: Yeah, wow. I hope I see you in this two-year period. And at the end, (laughs) I would like to hear your experiences with that. But how are you finding it so far?
2: It's interesting. (laughs) I don't feel super happy or super healed. And I still don't feel like stable some days I'm like, I feel very emotionally challenged. Some days I feel great. But what I can say for certainty is that my life are way more interesting and worth living now
1: mm-hmm.
2: because I, I have so many experiences and I have these experiences much more available for me
1: mm. much
2: easily. And yeah, I just meet many people, connect with certain people, even though I still feel a big need for way more connection mm-hmm. and way more stable and constant connect constant connection mm-hmm. with friends, with lovers, with everything, just human connection.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Still just being here experiencing so many stuff feels more alive. Mm-hmm. So I feel way better than Israel, Mm -hmm. than my lowest point. Uh, But I still feel I'm on this journey
1: Mm
2: -hmm. of self-healing, self-discovery. I feel it just started. I still don't feel the best. Mm
0: -hmm. Sometimes
2: I feel really nice. Mm. Sometimes really not. Yeah. But I feel I'm, I'm on the way.
0: So you're glad you took the step?
2: Yeah, I am. However, I'm still not content enough or satisfied enough with my needs to really feel Mm
1: -hmm.
3: glad
2: or happiness. I can say intellectually, yeah, of course I'm glad I came here because Mm -hmm. I'm doing better. Mm -hmm. But now I'm more in this space of, I'm just open. Mm -hmm. I'm just open. Let's see what comes. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Let's see what I want to do. Let's see how do I feel. Let's see what do I need.
0: I think it's super important because if I heard you correctly, like there's a big shift from like three months ago when you were in Israel because then you were more thinking about, you know, there was pain and like even you were thinking mm. about dying and now if you think about it, it's a very big shift now. Yeah. Like feeling open, like, yeah. you know. Yeah. To me, it sounds like a big win.
2: Yeah. Thanks for... <sighs> yeah putting that so clearly definitely past three months in here i feel like i was able to grow Mm -hmm. in Israel i I felt i was not growing Mm -hmm. and here i feel okay maybe it's hard sometimes but i grow so Mm -hmm. much here Mm -hmm. i had like amazing profound experiences realizations Mm -hmm. and yeah it's much it's much better here
0: are you planning to come back here?
2: I'm pretty sure I will be back here, Mm. but right now, I can only see a week ahead, Mm -hmm. even
0: less. (laughs) Nice way of living, huh?
2: Yeah, I guess that's what I needed.
0: Mm, That's your need right now?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Is there something else you feel that's important for our listeners to know, or would you like to share something that's on your heart?
2: I'm curious about the questions you, you prepared maybe there is something interesting there
0: well, there's a lot of questions I prepared <laughs> I uh, okay let's see Oh, what's your view on can men and women be friends mm. between different genders okay.
2: well of course mm. for me it's of course like why the fuck not <laughs> men can be so much fun women can be so much more fun
0: yeah like, but do you see this uh this um idea that a lot of people hold that friendship is not possible between men and women? Have you experienced it in your life? life?
2: I know what you're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I was surprised about this question because this idea that many couples I remember in Israel mm-hmm. they're like not allowing each other to have friends from yeah. the other uh, gender mm-hmm. for me it's it's like such an old idea that I forgot about it, so I was surprised about your question. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, we're human, I find you fun, I connect with you. Yeah, we're friends, like, I don't care what you have in your underwear, like, Mm -hmm. let's enjoy each other's company. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: As long as it's within our boundaries, if it works, it works. Mm -hmm. For me, it's pretty like, yeah, but I guess other people think otherwise.
0: Yeah, yeah, there's a a lot of opinions, but I guess it depends also where where the person is at, though. Like, my point of view is that you just have to be clear about your feelings. Like, clearly, the friendship is possible, but when I start feeling something else or, like, more intimate, or I start having some romantic thoughts, then I should just be honest about that. Mm. Which can come if you connect with someone on a deeper level, you know?
2: That's interesting. That's interesting. I wonder if it's different between men and women because mm-hmm. it makes maybe I'm wrong mm-hmm. but for me it makes sense well I, I don't know
1: mm-hmm. I don't
2: know me personally when I see a woman I know I can be open I, I almost know ex- immediately and exactly what I want from her and what I'm open for with oh. her
1: like
2: mm-hmm. if we're talking relationship for me to two main components for a a relationship to call someone like my girlfriend Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I want to have like good connection with her Mm -hmm. and with this I mean like that we get along that we enjoy each other's company Mm -hmm. that we are intrigued by each other Mm -hmm. all all the communication needs Mm -hmm. attraction and love like emotion, like romantic feelings Mm -hmm. for me these are the three components for a relationship Mm -hmm. so when I meet a woman Um, if there's no attraction, we can be friends, Mm -hmm. but if there is attraction, so I'm open,
1: Mm.
2: maybe, maybe relationship, like possibly, Mm -hmm. if there is also love, if there's only attraction and communication and no love, Mm -hmm. so we can be either lovers or friends. Mm
0: -hmm. That's interesting. That's very clear. Yeah. Yeah. And do you, you say you normally know, like from the beginning?
2: Um, yeah, for me personally, talking about my own experience, mm-hmm. when I see a woman, mostly I know pretty quick, can I see her potentially as a girlfriend mm-hmm. or a wife? Can I see her potentially as having some romance with her, but probably not a girlfriend material? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, no way it's gonna be romantic or sexual, mm. but it may be friends. Mm. So when there is attraction, um, but I know I'm, I will not be her boyfriend, I'm open for both friendship or romance.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very nice. I like, I like the structure around it. It's, it makes it super clear. Mm. and there's like different ways it's true like there's you You can be lovers you can be like in a committed relationship or friendship or like you know different uh yeah variations here
1: yeah
0: mm. uh what are let's i ask another question What are some major turn-ons for you in in a like romantic relationship or women
2: is it like Committed, romantic relationship, loving relationship.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, I understand they're different for you. (laughs) (laughs) Ideally, we would have all of them in one, no?
2: Ideally. Mm -hmm. Like, there are turn-ons in in general. Yeah. But uh, you ask what's really important for me in a a girlfriend, Mm -hmm. so to speak. Like, that's it. It's very important for me to feel at ease with her. It's very important for me to feel... Wow, it's such a good question. There are so many things that, that are so important <laughs> for me. It's hard to, to choose, but mm-hmm. I will answer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's important for me that I really like uh, how my girlfriend looks. Mm-hmm. It's also physical, but it's also energy. Like mm-hmm. I like when my girlfriend is, is like radiating mm-hmm. or glowing, mm-hmm. that there is something about her
1: mm-hmm.
2: that people cannot ignore her.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Like beauty, mm-hmm. inner
2: beauty and outer beauty. Mm-hmm. Also outer beauty, at least to my taste, is very important for me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's re- I really like when I look at a woman, and I feel like, wow, I really like how she looks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's important for me the communication. It's important for me the trust. I really need to be able to trust her.
1: Mm-hmm. If
2: I don't trust her, if I don't feel safe emotionally safe,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I I cannot do it and mm-hmm. don't want to do it. Like. I have a huge need for certainty mm-hmm. and stability and communication and I don't like to be surprised in a non-pleasant way. Mm-hmm. So I need someone to really um, be compatible with that
1: mm-hmm.
2: and also emotional availability. Mm-hmm. Like my ex-girlfriend, she was she's an amazing human being and many people love her.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But we had like a conflicting needs because she needed some more autonomy or more freedom, and I needed more intimacy, mm. more connection. Mm. Um, yeah, what else? <laughs> you want me to think what else, or no? You that's know? good.
0: That's good. If there's nothing like really coming up, then I think okay. it's enough.
2: I like
1: that.
0: Uh, what would you say? Okay, This is a bit general question. I don't know if you can answer, but it was a question that has been asked a lot by women. Uh, it's, it's a topic that we would, would like to know or discuss. I think it's important. But I don't know if something comes up for you. Uh, the question is, like, what are men insecure about?
2: Okay, yeah, pretty general question. Mm-hmm. I would start and say that in the context of relationship, what is maybe most important for men is to feel uh, like they have a role. Mm
1: -hmm. Is to
2: feel needed. Is to feel relevant. We want to feel that there is a purpose for us to be in your life. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: If you do everything by yourself, you don't need me to either, I don't know, provide anything. We want to provide. Mm -hmm. This is natural for men. We want to give. So if there is a woman that is like, I don't need you, don't open the door for me or don't, show love for me or like and i feel like why do you need me Mm. just for not being bored just for not being alone just for sex just Mm. for like if i if we don't feel needed and we feel like we have a role in this it can it's very important for for our self-esteem really important for our confidence Mm. to feel like we're here for a, a role there is something specific that me, I as a man, Mm -hmm. can provide and Mm -hmm. is valued. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the first thing come up to my head. What are men insecure about? Mm -hmm. We can be insecure about, I think, most things that also women can be insecure about. Um, We can be insecure about our looks, our uh, financials,
1: Mm -hmm.
2: our, we can be insecure just just insecure in ourselves, not, not really being connected to our, our worth and what mm-hmm. we have to give.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and basically, I think it's just unhealed traumas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we can be insecure about any human thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I think it's just so <laughs> healing. To me, this question is important because I believe that it's very rare that men talk about it. You know, it's so much easier for women to have those conversations. And I think it's super healing to have like men like you in in my podcast and And spreading the word also like showing this vulnerability and talking about those things, like I believe that today there were like a lot of situations already in our talk. I was like, "Oh my God, you're so much in your divine masculine, like you really like wanting to hold the space, saying that you want to have a role like it's it's all like you know you have to be very awakened in your masculine to to be that mm-hmm. to embody that. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, I'm so glad to to be the vessel or to show that actually like there are men like you and the awakened men and like the men who can hold the space and want closeness and talk about the things freely, openly, That is not, you know, something. Because a lot of uh, wounded women also, they think that, you know, there's no men out there. Mm. There's, you know, yeah. only assholes.
2: <laughs> yeah, thank you for that. And I do have something interesting to share. Mm-hmm. This is an insecurity of mine. Like some men are insecure to to show emotion and feelings and show vulnerability.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And but also, a man as masculine energy. I believe our role as an energy. It's mm-hmm. not even about gender, but mostly if it's a man. That's the energy he chose to experience in this world. So we're here to provide safety. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when a man is being too emotional, Mm -hmm. the space cannot be safe. Because sometimes it's the role of that man to hold the space. Mm -hmm. And if he's breaking, everybody will feel lost. Mm -hmm. So it's like, am I being too emotional? Like, I see many of my fellow friends and men, Mm -hmm. sometimes on social media or in general, especially in the spiritual and hippie movement.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I see them, and that's a judgment I have or a story I tell myself. Mm -hmm. But I see it as too emotional, Mm -hmm. too vulnerable maybe women can appreciate that maybe you're giving as an example for other men that are afraid to show their emotions Mm -hmm. or even just to trigger them to be mad and just to push them from Mm -hmm. their like stubbornness Mm -hmm. but i see it as like hey be a man don't cry all day Mm -hmm. unless like you're really in deep grief Mm -hmm. don't dwell in your emotions so much all day like this is all you have to give hey i'm just vulnerable i'm just open i'm just emotional no, I want to feel safe with you as a man.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I want to feel your masculine energy. If you're too much in the flowing and the feminine and the emotional, you miss the idea of
0: mm-hmm.
2: having the balance mm-hmm. of being a man. Mm-hmm. So
0: I don't totally understand what you're saying, and uh, this is so funny because that's that's the information I got here in San Marcos. Like I feel that I, I got information from a lot of men here that they're saying in their countries, for example, the United States that these movements are like crazy, like pushing men into their feminine too much. Mm -hmm. That's not what I have experienced in my country, you know. Mm -hmm. But I hear that there's a lot of this happening, I believe, like globally right now, because this information came to me a lot, that there's like, uh, yeah, even like too much this femininity movement and like, you know, like we can do everything ourselves, we don't need men anymore, and men are like, Mm super insecure and they don't know where they're standing and they're like really trying to be super feminine to you know be accepted in this world which is also super bad
1: it's dangerous
0: so dangerous it's dangerous Mm -hmm. yeah i totally agree because I, i believe in this also that men lose their power like you lose your power if you don't like step in your in your masculine like you have to have the both and yeah as you said you're you you chose a masculine energy for this uh, life right yeah and there's like this yeah there has to be balance but like there's still a difference you know
2: yeah definitely
0: I think it's true that men have to have to like the divine masculine I think is able to hold the space
2: the divine masculine is necessary to have a safe space. Mm -hmm. This is the energy that holds space, I Mm -hmm. believe. And society is now just conditioned to emasculate men Mm -hmm. and take them off their power. Mm -hmm. And to also, I even, but this may sound very controversial, but Mm -hmm. I highly believe that society is trying to confuse our gender and our identity and to blend everything together. Mm
1: -hmm. So we
2: don't have a clear view of feminine energy and masculine energy. Mm-hmm. and everything has to be so politically correct and not to offend anyone if he feels like he's a male or a female mm-hmm. or his body yeah. or... Of course, everybody, they, we have the right to do whatever feels right to us and mm-hmm. now there is space for everyone in every shape, color, whatever.
0: Yeah. But still
2: they're trying to, to confuse us. Mm-hmm. This is what I feel.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an interesting <clears throat> way to put the identity and gender like separate you know because i i totally i am for it that we should accept everything i'm like we should have total freedom in a sense you know it doesn't matter who you're dating if you're like bi or i don't know or even what type of relationship you you wish to have like polyamorous or monogamous like whatever it is you want to experience in this life it's fine but like i think masculine and feminine energies are like maybe yeah different different uh, path or like different, uh, I don't know if path, I wouldn't say path because we all have those inside us and we should consider them as masculine and feminine.
2: Yeah, but definitely it's two different essences. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't know the right, I can't say the right word, but yeah, essence. Maybe. It's
2: completely different, different role yeah. in the creation. Diff- yeah, just different purpose, Yeah. different energy, different movement.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And they're both super important and mm-hmm. should work together
1: mm-hmm.
2: otherwise it's like things will mm-hmm. not be ideal to say the least
0: yeah yeah i totally agree but what cool. what would you say what's the divine feminine role there? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs>
2: responsibility <laughs> well i as femininity feminine energy as creative energy as nurturing, nourishing energy, as receptive energy. Mm-hmm. Divine feminine is a receptive energy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think both, ideally, both energies or, or both roles should be confident in themselves.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: when a masculine energy or a feminine energy is confident, it shows up in two different expressions. Mm -hmm. so for uh, feminine energy or female uh, or feminine female it would be way more receptive Mm -hmm. like if a woman is confident she wouldn't mind if a man uh, opens the door for her Mm -hmm. maybe it's not maybe she doesn't like it too much but she wouldn't be offended Mm -hmm. or feel like i can do it myself you know
1: Mm. (laughs)
2: she's confident she's either happy or who cares? Like she's good. She she knows her world. Mm-hmm. She's receptive mm-hmm. to the world. She's very flowing and she's open.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And yeah, it's it's just a lot of fun. Like mm-hmm. this song, uh, girls just wanna have fun. It's
1: oh, yeah. <laughs> so
2: true. It's so true. Let's let's yeah. see a party. You look at a party, the moment there is music, all the women like all, yeah, but mm-hmm. usually the women are like, Woo, party, fun, yeah. super in touch in their body, and just wanna express and have fun and be mm-hmm. playful. And men they're more like can we we move and and you help us get in touch with our body have fun enjoy flow
1: Mm.
2: masculine is more structure is a forward moving energy Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's a container it's a container it's boundaries if there are no boundaries the place is not safe
1: Mm.
2: we need boundaries to have a safe place and men provide that masculine energy and this also might trigger some of the viewers
1: Mm.
2: um, and i hope that most people will get my point but Mm. masculine energy is energy that is owning
1: Mm.
2: oh i own things i own people not in a way of like you are my property i control you Mm -hmm. no i mean when i own something like i own myself i own who i am Mm -hmm. I am very clear. I am here, I am present. Mm-hmm. Present I'm owning myself. So I'm not like half here, half there. Mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm doing some, I'm doing something. I'm doing it. I'm not half doing it.
1: It's yeah. like clear, clear. Yeah. That's
2: either childish or maybe feminine in some cases, but mm-hmm. men is like forward and uh, movement energy. So when I if I own something, that means that I take this something as part of me. Mm -hmm. Let's say I own my house. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I will not throw trash in my house. I want to take care of the best interest of my house, of the people that I own. I own them energetically. That means I take the people I care about as part of me. I'm going to keep them safe. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do whatever I can to provide, to fulfill their needs. Mm -hmm. I own their experience. Mm -hmm. They're a part of me.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I cannot hurt them if they are part of me if they if I own them also within ourselves internally if I don't own a part of myself I disown it so I'm, I I abandon it
1: mm-hmm.
2: I attack it I suppress it I make it feel like hey you're not a part of this essence mm-hmm. you are not worthy so when I'm owning stuff and even people energetically in the way I explain it means that I'm like uh, but
0: it's very beautiful, it's like you're also taking responsibility for Yeah, what exactly, is, right?
2: responsibility, yeah. taking responsibility, that's the masculine.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with it. I, I took a course, I recommend this guy also to everybody, it's Lauren Green on uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, maybe he's on Facebook too, but I think the difference and why the, maybe even society is pushing men so much on the feminine is because the wounded masculine or the toxic masculine is about controlling. You know, that's exactly what you said. Like taking power by force. Yeah. Like that's not what the divine masculine is about.
2: Exactly. And like that's unconscious masculine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But the divine masculine actually doesn't have to take the control. He has the control. Like it's not by force. It's like people kind of wanna be in his energy and wanna be there because he has the biggest like collective good in the heart. Like he comes from a heart. Yeah. It's not from a power like from a controlling position yeah
2: it's connected to his heart he's not afraid of his emotions Mm -hmm. he's very much connected to them but he's not drowning in his emotions he's able to contain himself and the surroundings Mm -hmm. and without this uh, healed masculinity in society there is no safety people can just take advantage of us and control us like Mm -hmm. it's right now and like it's always been almost Mm -hmm. and we really need that and it's I find it pretty sad that It is so rare to find this kind of masculine energy. Mm -hmm. And also I can show myself that I'm still on my way there. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like mm, satisfied enough Mm -hmm. in my ability to hold this energy. Mm -hmm. So this is an insecurity of mine. Mm
1: -hmm. But
2: yeah, it's just the path and the way and Mm -hmm. like also the lesson to not expect myself to be perfect. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay to be where I am. Mm Uh, But sometimes we can forget that it's okay to be where I am. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: But yeah, definitely the healed divine masculine is so needed.
0: So needed. So
2: needed right now. Yeah,
0: I believe so too. Yeah, we really need those men stepping up, but from a hard place. Yeah. Mm.
2: Yeah. We need polarity.
0: Definitely. I wanted to ask just a few more questions before we go. Is there something in your life right now that is like, super important to you but like if you think back like when you were like younger or like five ten years that like was not important at all you were surprised by it like how much you have changed or how something has come into your life Mm. and you're like wow like
2: in my case i think what i want since i'm four since Mm. i remember myself and what i want now is still the same things Mm. and i was i think i was always in touch with that Mm -hmm. and that is connection,
1: mm-hmm.
2: connection, love, feeling desired, feeling chosen, feeling wanted.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, but I do recognize the importance of being able to choose and not just hoping to be chosen. Like, mm-hmm. That's a lack mentality.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But yeah, just a huge need for intimacy, stable connection because I come from an abandonment, mostly an abandonment
0: mm-hmm. uh, dynamic. Mm-hmm. Okay, just uh, two last questions, to thumbs you know, up. I, yeah. do,
2: I do have something that might answer that question. Tell me. So in regards to, to sexuality, mm-hmm. when I was younger, let's say five years ago, yeah, I could say that I want a lot of sexuality, and what now I'm finding out is that it's really not about the sexuality for me.
1: Mm. It's
2: way more about the emotional connection. Mm-hmm. To the point that, like, if there is no emotional connection, I might not even be, like, aroused.
1: Mm. Yeah.
2: Yeah, this, this maybe surprises me, like,
1: mm. how
2: big role for me, and I believe also for many other men,
1: yeah.
2: is the quality of emotional connection that has to do with sexuality, Mm -hmm. it's way more than just physical, it used to be more physical for Mm -hmm. me, I wasn't aware that it's just my way to feel valued and worth, Mm -hmm. but now it's really not about that, and it's really hard for me to approach sexuality, even if it's wanted or asked, Mm
1: -hmm.
2: and like within the boundaries of everybody, it's harder for me to approach it just from a physical place, just because I can, just Mm -hmm. because I'd be satisfied, if I don't feel Mm. any connection
0: yeah yeah that that's big i believe it's true for a lot of people especially who start to do the self-development work you know it's a shift that maybe you know takes a bit time to get used to (laughs) or like to to maybe recognizing yourself even
2: yeah and also and it's very sad for me to watch society gives women the message you want to be empowered women you want to be free you want to be independent be disconnected from your emotion and just go be sexual
1: Mm.
2: be free just like it's nothing but Mm. it's actually very deep and i think society is conditioning women to get away from their heart and their emotions and just like Mm. engage in sexuality in a way less connected way Mm. with the pretense that it makes her more empowered or more free Mm. but it's it actually drives her away from her feminine essence and yes. makes her more masculine like mm. let's conquer
0: yeah totally and, agree.
2: yeah it's fucked up
0: yeah totally agree. <laughs> super fucked up <laughs> I'm glad you brought it out um, okay is there something else okay last question just to close it up we have so many let's see <laughs> but uh, is there one best advice that you have ever received or discovered on your own that you live by
2: basically you're asking me now for what would be your last words yeah. <laughs> um, just like this in general is the best advice can you make it a tiny bit more specific best advice for who, where when?
0: I actually I don't I don't even want to make it specific I think it's so much more connected to who you are like what speaks to you what do you feel has helped you the most or what is there one thing you would like our listeners to know like that has helped you or something to follow or what would you say is really true
2: i want to say compassion Mm -hmm. i want to say understanding and applying the concept of compassion because Mm -hmm. true compassion is not to be always nice or always loving Compassion, compassion in some cases would mean to set a strong boundary,
1: mm-hmm. to
2: say no, um, to to take your time,
1: mm-hmm. to not
2: judge yourself. It may sound like very general or like a cliche, but yeah, mm-hmm. just just to explore and apply the the true meaning of compassion because. To truly be compassionate, you have to be connected. You have to be connected to yourself. You have to be connected to your others. You have to be like, to understand the situation and to provide what needs to be provided either to yourself or to others. Mm -hmm. It might look like saying saying something loving to yourself and it might look like getting help and asking for help. Like to truly recognize how you feel what you need and... To actually provide, like do do what needs to be done. Um, Yeah, I I wouldn't guess that that would be my answer. Mm -hmm.
0: It's beautiful. And I think it's like, yeah, compassion in a sense, like self compassion. And if we can be compassionate towards ourselves, we can also give it to others, you know? Yeah,
2: yeah. But first, to yourself. Yeah. yeah, never put others before you, mm. because you are connected to others.
0: Thank you. It's been a pleasure. So many new insights for me too. Really enjoyed my talk with you. Mm. Very grateful, again. Thank you. Yeah,
2: me too. <laughs> it Was a pleasure. I hope I hope this touches people and inspire people. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I hope. <laughs> and maybe
2: we will have a second episode.
0: I hope so. Yeah. In Estonia. Maybe road takes you to Estonia in summer. <laughs> we'll
2: Never see. Never know. We'll yeah. see.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Thank you, Let's
3: see. <laughs>